0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 tells the story of when Jesus was passing by. It was uh, during the last week of his life here on the earth. The beginning of that week, he um, came to a fig tree and he went looking for figs. And it didn't have any figs on it. It was just leaves. And so Jesus cursed it. He said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the, the Bible tells us, we'll pick up in verse 20. Here's the result. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remember it, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Now, I always see the implied question there. Peter is asking. He doesn't it doesn't state that he asked the question, but Jesus apparently understood that there was a question behind that. And so Jesus answers the question of how this happened. How did this work? That's the implied question that I see Peter asking. This fig tree is withered away. It's dried up from the roots. The one you cursed yesterday is is now dried up from the roots. How did this happen? Jesus responds. In verse 22, Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Now, the the most accurate translation of verse 22 is have the faith of God. There's no thee there. And so that's one reason that the translators translated the way that they did. But it literally means, or it literally from the original Greek says, "Have faith of God." Well, what does that mean? We know that God is the creator of the universe. We know that He created the universe and the earth and everything that's in it through words. He said, "Let there be light," and what, and light was. He said, "Let the earth bring forth seed, animals, and all that kind of stuff." Everything that He made, He made with the works with the words of His mouth. And so Jesus is saying have faith of God it's easier to translate it have faith in God and there would certainly be truth in it in that saying or that phrase if you did translate it that way but that's not really what he's saying he's saying have faith of God well what kind of faith does God have we can certainly be safe in understanding that he has the God kind of faith right So when he's talking about having faith in God or the faith of God, he's talking about the God kind of faith. Now, Jesus has just demonstrated that the God kind of faith removes unproductive circumstances in your life. The tree represents several things. It represents the nation of Israel and the ending of the law, which would take place just a few short days afterwards when Jesus was crucified and raised again. But it certainly represents circumstances in Jesus' path, a circumstance that was in Jesus' path and what he did to overcome it. He spoke to it. Then he tells us how this faith of God or this faith, the God kind of faith works. Verse 23, he said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart, That those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Then he went on in verse twenty-four. Therefore I say unto you, (coughs) what things soever you desire, that sounds like a pretty wide open field. He said, I say, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, the things that you desire, and you shall have them. Now, notice Jesus did not say that the thing that he did was unique to himself. If Jesus did something because he was the son of God here on the earth, that's outside of the realm of what man is to emulate or works that man is instructed and expected to do, perform, then Jesus would have been a party to a falsehood by answering this way. We sometimes say it for the sake of clarity. Jesus did not answer, don't try this at home. This is because I'm the son of God. He did not do that. Instead, he gave the principle whereby anyone, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. He gave the principle whereby anyone can produce supernatural results in their lives just like he did in this this case, in this situation. If you combine verses 23 and 24, Jesus is saying that whosoever can speak about whatsoever they desire and expect results. Folks, you can't get a more wide open field than that. It's for whosoever concerning whatsoever you desire. And those are the principles that he gave. Most often, people object or wrongly think. That they don't have enough faith to do what the Bible says we should do. I guess at some point in time the devil uh, tempts us or tries to influence us with that thought about not having enough faith. But there's never a time in Jesus' ministry or in the New Testament letters to the church. There's never a time when faith is spoken of in size. Except to illustrate that any level of faith, any measure of faith, any grain of faith planted like a seed will work. Now I want you to uh, turn with me real quickly to several scriptures because we want to see what the Bible says about faith and this God kind of faith. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Most translations translate that last phrase, which is your spiritual worship. Remember when Jesus said... They that come to God must worship Him in spirit and truth. Worshiping in spirit is presenting your body a living sacrifice. As defined by the scripture. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And notice verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. Now it's written to the church, so he's not talking about unbelievers. But to every man among the body of Christ. This is a messenger and instruction given by the Holy Ghost to the church. For I say through the grace of God given unto me to every man that is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now a couple of things I want you to see. First of all, if you're reading in the King James, you'll see that the the words of himself are in italics. The translators added these words for uh, hoping to help us understand better what uh, Jesus is saying. But let's quote that verse without that of himself in there to see what it's really saying. Therefore I say unto you by the grace given unto me to every man among you not to think more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly. The The root word for the word soberly is not moved by emotions. But to think soberly According to the truth and not according to your figures. But to think soberly. According as God has dealt to every man, every believer, every child of God. The measure of faith. I want you to notice something folks. You've got a measure. Everybody does. When we're born again. The measure of faith. Is given to each one of us. Now what we do with it's up to us. We know that faith can grow. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and commended them. Because their faith was growing exceedingly, and their love was abounding to all. So we see that faith can grow. But everybody starts off with the measure of faith. Now look with me over to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll see another example of what the Bible says about faith, and what what we have, and how to use it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. What is he saying? Well, he's saying two things. He's saying, salvation is a gift. it doesn't come because of your works. He goes on in verse nine to explain that a little bit further. So certainly, salvation is the gift for God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten Son. But you can't get saved without faith. Romans 10:17 says, "So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Paul goes on to explain that nobody can believe in Jesus unless they hear about him, and unless there's somebody sent to preach the gospel. There's no way for them to hear. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So that would have to mean that the gift that he's talking about, the gift of God, is not just the gift of salvation, but it also includes the gift of faith, the measure of faith that God gives to every, every person through hearing the word that is produced. The faith that is produced by hearing the word, that comes from God too. Turn with me now over the first... Um, now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, we having, we means the church, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak, now when it says we having the same spirit of faith, it's talking about that measure of faith, that deposit of faith that comes in the heart of every believer, the spirit of every believer, when we make Jesus the Lord of our lives. So I want you to see these, combine these four scriptures. In Romans twelve three, God deals to every man in the church, every man in the body of Christ. He deals the measure of faith to each one of us. Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Ephesians two eight says, faith as well as the gift as well as salvation are gifts that are given by god through the hearing of the word and then in second corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 says that we have the same spirit of faith that jesus had when he walked here on the earth and that god had when he created the universe now here's the question why under what circumstances could we ever imagine that god would not give us sufficient faith to handle whatever circumstance arises in our life would that make sense would God give us a measure of faith that was not sufficient for us to receive and take hold of everything that Jesus purchased for us and accomplished for us through his death, burial and resurrection is that even possible to think no turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 First Corinthians chapter 10 bears this out Paul writing to the church in verse 13, he says, There is no temptation. The word temptation is the word test, trial, or adversity. He said, There is no temptation. There's no hard place. There's no circumstance. There's no difficulty that comes against you or takes you, but such as is common unto man. Paul's saying the devil works the same way against all of us. There is no temptation. Test, trial or adversity taking you but such as is common to man but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able but will with the temptation the adversity also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now let's stop and think about this for a little bit and make sure we get what he's trying to tell us. Paul is telling us by the, the direction of the Holy Ghost that you have all the equipment you're ever going to need To win any and every battle that comes against you. Now. If you read this with religiously colored glasses. It sounds like God's got the devil on a leash. And he'll let him get close enough to you to do damage. But not close enough to you to let him to take your life. And Folks God is not the one that's got the devil on a leash. That's not the way it works. The way of escape isn't just barely scraped by. The way of escape is always victory. The Bible says they that are born of God overcome the world because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So what is this telling us? It's telling us that God provides the faith necessary for any situation you're ever going to encounter. Now the devil wants to make you think you don't have enough. But I want to show you some things that Jesus said about that too. Turn with me first to Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is speaking about parables. In verse 31, he says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed. I want you to notice what he says. The kingdom of heaven. Now, he's not talking about when we get to heaven. He's talking about the kingdom of God. It would better be translated the kingdom of God, meaning that which Jesus has purchased for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. All the benefits that David said that he blessed the Lord for and wouldn't forget. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. All the benefits that we have as a result of Jesus' work on the cross and resurrection. He said all those things and the the taking possession of all those things is like a man planting a grain of mustard seed in the field. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in the field. Which indeed, he's talking about the grain of mustard seed. He said, which indeed is the least, meaning smallest. Which indeed is the least or the smallest of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becomes a tree. So that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Notice that he said, even the smallest grain of seed or grain of faith will produce incredible and supernatural results. Matthew chapter 17, the disciples are asking him why they couldn't cast the devil out of the little boy that brought his or the, the little boy whose father brought him to see Jesus. And Jesus wasn't there at the time when he arrived. They were unsuccessful in casting out, casting the devil out of this little boy. And Jesus brought the answer and brought the, the victory to the son. So the disciples want to know how come this didn't work. Matthew seventeen twenty, and they said, uh, or verse 19, they said, why couldn't we cast this out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Now, folks, there's no way that Jesus is saying, if you have faith, enough faith or big faith or little, instead of little faith, he's not talking about it in those terms. He's saying, here's what faith does. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, if you want to think about things in terms in the terms that the devil tries to present, them, which is profitable to do if you know what the word says. The devil tries to tell you and me and everybody else that we don't have enough faith. But the the few times where the Bible, Jesus specifically, identifies faith in size terms, he always uses the smallest measure that you can think of. He always uses the smallest measure you can think of. Now, folks, I would submit to you this, that the faith he gives us, according to Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. If that faith, that measure of faith, or size of faith, if you want to think, in, think about it in those terms, the size of the faith that he gives us at hearing the gospel of Jesus preached is sufficient to change our eternity. What I'm getting at is that every believer has more than a grain of mustard seed kind of faith. Now let me show you another one. Look with me over to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. One of them poses a question to him. Peter says, how, much, how many times should I forgive if somebody, my neighbor works against me and offends me or does something to, to bring harm to me? How many times do I have to forgive him? Seven times a day? Now I have no doubt that Peter is using a a number that he thinks, well that's going to be a big number but it would really sound like we're doing the right thing with God if we use that. Jesus turns it around and says, no. Not seven times a day but seven times 70 which is 490 times in a day. If your brother uh, offends us if we're trespassed against 490 times a day, that's how much you forgive. Well, that number just blows them out of the water. And again, I don't believe Jesus is saying we ought to be keeping count and we're off the hook once we hit 490. I think Jesus is using a number that that everybody would understand. That's beyond the realm of reality. Yet the, the important message here is that we should always be forgiving. But the disciples, when they hear that kind of uh, instruction to forgive, notice their response in verse 5. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. In other words, the disciples hear Jesus talking about forgiving 490 times a day, realize that that's an overwhelming number. That's outside the realm of reality, at least the reality that they can uh, identify with. And their first response is, Jesus, you're going to have to give us more faith. Now, they knew something that most Christians today don't seem to know. And that is, forgiveness is according to faith, not feelings. If you wait to forgive somebody when you feel like forgiving them, there's going to be a lot of repenting you're going to have to do. And it's going to be a lot of hindrance to your own faith. Because you remember in Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24 tell us about faith being uh, released through words and believing you receive the things that you pray for when you pray. Verse 25 goes on to say, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anybody that your heavenly Father can forgive you. In other words, Jesus is being faithful to show us that unforgiveness is the number one hindrance to faith. It's the number one hindrance. If there's anything that you need to attack and focus on and major on in your Christian life, It is to walk in love and forgiveness. Your faith won't work without it. Galatians chapter 6 verse 5 says, faith works by love, which means it won't work without it. So the disciples, understanding a little bit, said, Lord, increase our faith. Now here's the perfect situation, the perfect example to use, I believe, for what fits in so many people's mindset today. There are times where people will hear the teaching of the word concerning faith, how to release it, how to use it, how to exercise it, and so forth. And it's not an uncommon thing for people to respond in such a way as to say, well, not everybody has the same measure of faith, or not everybody's faith is at the same place. Some people, the Christians believe, are given more faith than others. And that contradicts what the Bible says. It says we're all given the measure of faith. We all start off on the same level. What we do with it from there is up to us. And so the disciples said, Lord, you're going to have to increase our faith. You're going to have to give us more faith. Again, that's what the devil tries to tell so many people. If they don't have enough faith to receive their healing or receive anything else that Jesus has done for them, that will be a blessing and a benefit. So they're in the same quandary or dilemma that the apostles are. The apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. It's going to take a lot more faith than what we've got if we're going to walk in that measure of love and that measure of forgiveness. But Jesus answers in verse 6, he said unto them, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, now Jesus still knows that the grain of mustard seed is the smallest of all seeds. Every time he uses an example, he uses the smallest measure that he can identify or that the hearers can identify with, the smallest measure possible. Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say, the word might is the word would. W-O-U-L-D. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say. And before we go any further, I want to point something out. And that is, faith always speaks. And that's what Jesus is telling us. Any measure of faith, faith in anything, faith in any blessing of God, faith in any truth of the word of God, faith in any promise that, that uh, we desire to have realized in our life, faith Always speaks. You can always tell where somebody is by what they say. You can always tell where you are by what you say. Jesus said if you had faith in, as a grain of mustard seed. As the smallest of all seeds. If you had faith as a, as a um, grain of mustard seed. Which by the way I looked up to see what mustard seed is supposed to look like. And the closest description that I came to. To be able to describe it. And identify with it is a grain of mustard seed is about the size of a pencil point that's super fine sharpened. Sharpened to a super fine point. That's how big a grain of mustard seed is. It's barely visible. Barely visible. So Jesus is saying, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, in the measure of a mustard seed, something that you can can hardly even see, you would say, you will say. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seeds. You would say into the sycamine tree. Be thou plucked up by the root. And it sh- be thou planted into the sea. And it should obey you. Here again the word should is the word would. Or will. What's he saying? He's saying you're wasting your time. Trying to identify how big your faith is. Faith at every level. Faith in any measure. When planted by the words of your mouth will produce a miraculous result. A bigger result than you might even think that it could bring to pass. That's what the measure of faith is. The measure of faith is speaking the word because Jesus said so. The measure of faith is to speak the word of God because you believe it's true. The measure of faith is to say what God's word says about you and about your situation to be confident that your words come to pass because faith in any measure, any measure whatsoever, produces supernatural results. Now with that in mind, let's think back to the four scriptures that tell us about faith coming to us or being given to us. Romans ten seventeen says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith is produced when we hear the word of God. Doesn't matter what size it is. Even the smallest size. The smallest measure will do the job. But faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. Romans 12.3. For I say unto you by the grace of God. Given unto me. To every man among you. Not to think of himself. You're not supposed to think of anything more highly. Than you ought to think. The Bible identifies high thoughts. as, um, Or high mindedness. As thinking. In terms of that which contradicts the word. The devil. Tries to. Exalt himself through our minds to tell us the word isn't true and try to prove to us that the word is untrue through circumstances and situations. So Paul says to every man that is among you, every person in the church, we should not think of ourselves or of anything else more highly than we ought to think. But to think soberly, not moved with emotion. That tells you right there how the devil is going to try to get you off track in the area of faith. He's going to try to manipulate your emotions, influence you through emotions, through your feelings, to keep you from saying what God's word says. Because he knows what Jesus told us, that faith in any measure, even the smallest of measures, spoken by a child of God will produce results. For I say unto you, every one of you, to the grace given unto me, to every man, that they should not think more highly than they ought to think, but to think soberly, not moved by emotions, according as God has dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, or I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, no, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13, I'll get it right in a minute says, there is no temptation taken us, but such as is common unto man. And God has provided a means to, of, of escape so that you're not taken under by the devil. What is that means of escape? Well, when Jesus was tempted, he spoke the word. When the devil tempted him to turn the stones into bread, he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If Jesus handled temptation or adversity or trials as our example then the example is we should speak the word in the face of the things that are coming against us why because faith in any measure is like a seed when spoken produces supernatural results so faith comes faith is a gift of God Ephesians 2 8 for you are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves is the gift of God. So faith is spoken of as coming to us through the word. Faith is spoken to us. Spoken as being given to us through the word. Faith is spoken as having been dealt to each person in the body of Christ. By the word. And faith is spoken of as the means of escape. From whatever attacks the enemy brings against you. Your faith. Right now, at this moment in time, is sufficient to overcome anything and everything the devil can throw at you. The faith that you have right now, based on the word of God, when spoken from your heart, is sufficient to overcome every, every attack of the enemy. You know the biggest thing about it? is for us to accept what the Bible says about what we've been given. The devil will fight you with it. The devil will tell you, well, you may have been dealt the measure of faith, but you didn't do anything with it, and so now you don't have enough. It's impossible for a believer to not have enough faith. Now that may, means, that may mean that you're going to have to find out what the Word says about your situation, circumstance, but we should be on board for doing that anyway, shouldn't we? All you have to do is find a scripture that tells you what God's will is concerning your situation. Or you can just simply act on the the character and the nature of God that the Bible reveals to us. We know that the character and the nature of God is to give his children everything available or necessary to defeat the devil. The Bible says, for this purpose, the son of God was manifest on the earth that he might destroy the works of the devil. And then Jesus said, you'll do the same works as me. So anything that you can clearly identify as from the devil, whether it's poverty, whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it's a lack of peace, trouble stirred up in your life, whatever is up the devil, you have the power right now because you're a child of God. You've got the power right now to overcome. Say this after me. I have a measure of the God kind of faith. I have a measure given to me by God of the faith that created the universe. I have a measure of the God kind of faith. The mountain moving faith is present in me now. You start saying that and the devil goes haywire. Because what's he going to say? You're quoting the word. You're saying what God said about you. He may try to bring up past failures. And folks, I would submit to you that everybody has had faith failures. And I use that term loosely because if it had really been faith that we were operating in, it wouldn't have failed. But there have been times for all of us that we thought we were in faith and we didn't really have a sure foundation underneath us. Everybody's had those situations. And the devil wants to try to make you think that's the way it's going to be for you in every situation. And the Bible contradicts that on every hand. You have a measure of the mountain-moving faith. You have a measure of the God kind of faith that Jesus said would move mountains. You don't have to wait to get stronger in faith. And really gaining strength in faith is simply a matter of gaining in no- growing in knowledge and having the experience Of past faith victories. That's what really makes you stronger in faith. That's what really makes you. Increases your measure. If we can say it that way. It's knowledge of the word. The more you grow as a Christian. The more you'll see that God promised you. More than you thought he did. God always winds up being bigger than we think. Never smaller. And it's necessary for us to exercise that faith by speaking what the word says and then holding fast to it. Paul said it this way, writing to the Hebrews. He said, hold fast the profession of your faith because God is faithful who promised. Now, why would we have to hold fast the profession of our faith? That word profession, translated in the King James, the word profession is the word confession, the words of your mouth. Why would we have to hold fast to that and not cast away our confidence? Because the devil's going to try to delay everything he can. And the devil's going to try to make you think that the delay, the time period, is proof that what you're trying to receive from God is not really based on faith. And nothing could be further from the truth. Answer me this How many words of faith have been spoken by any of God's children that God ignored? How many times has any child of God, you and me included, spoken what the word of God says that God ignores? I would submit to you that it's impossible for God to ignore his word being spoken by his children. Well, if God cannot ignore or overlook the words of faith that we speak, then how is it possible For us to fail to receive. Unless we give up. Do you see where I'm going with that? The word of faith when spoken. And adhered to. Held on to. Cannot fail to produce results. Cannot fail to produce Bible results. You've got enough faith now. To overcome cancer. Leukemia paralysis, any and every work of the devil. You have the sufficient measure of faith now at this moment in time to overcome anything and everything the devil has or will throw at you. It's already yours now. If the Bible's true. Thank God it's true. There is no temptation, no test, no trial, no sickness, no disease that comes against you but what is common to man. The devil works against every believer in the same exact way. Maybe different circumstances. Maybe a different diagnosis for you as there is for me. But it's all the same principle. And there is no temptation that will ever take you. But what is common unto man. But God is faithful. Who will with the temptation make a way for you to escape. And God's means of escape is always victory. God never sounds the the call to retreat because Satan is already a defeated foe. We have the same spirit of faith as Jesus had when he told us to speak to the mountains and the mountains would move. You have, and Jesus knows that you have, the same faith, the same kind of faith, the same origin of faith. That enabled him to do miracles. That faith is yours now. Are you out there? Folks, that has to be true. We proved it by the word. That has to be true. Let's all stand. I'm going to lead you in another confession. It's important that we say these things and take hold of them for ourselves. Close your eyes and raise one hand toward heaven as a sign of declaration of the truth of God's word. Say this after me. I have been given a measure of the God kind of faith. The same faith that Jesus used to curse the fig tree. The same kind of faith that Jesus used to take authority over the devil the same kind of faith that Jesus used to heal the sick. I have that measure of the God kind of faith that will move mountains in my way, that will remove sickness and disease from my body and will lead me into victory on every hand. That's the measure of faith That's been given unto me. me. according According to the word of God. What's left to do? Well, Jesus said, if you have faith, even in mustard seed size, you'll speak. We having the same spirit of faith. As it is written, we believed and we also spoke. We believe and we also speak. If you have faith, you'll say what the Word of God says. Never going to be a question of is there enough faith. Never going to be a question of whether or not you're strong enough in faith. The issue very simply is, have I been given the measure of faith? And if you're in the family of God, the answer to that is always yes. God deals to every one of his children the measure of the God kind of faith that will move mountains. The measure of the God kind of faith that heals sickness and disease. The measure of the God kind of faith that puts you over in every circumstance and situation. That's what the word says. That measure of faith is yours. Hallelujah. That's good news, isn't it? You'll never come behind in any good thing. When you realize that you've got enough faith to appropriate it for yourself in your own life. Never, father we thank you we worship you we bless you and we thank you so much for all of your benefits you forgive all our iniquities you heal all our diseases you redeem our lives from destruction and crown us with loving kindness and tender mercy you satisfy our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles we bless you father and we declare that your word is true that we have been given the measure of faith that is able to overcome any and every attack of the evil one we will hold fast to the confession of our faith. We will trust you. We will rely on you to walk in, to honor your word, the word that we're walking in. And we declare now by faith that we are the healed of God. Father, it's so good to be healed. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you that you didn't leave us helpless. You left us the power of your name and the power of the word of God. So that we could walk in victory in every situation and overcome the works of the enemy against us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the word is true, the outcome of the situation that we're in right now is certain. If the word of God is true, our victory is assured. And that's just simply the truth. Thank God his word's true. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, thank you for being with us. Use your faith. Amen. You're dismissed.